Father, we pray for Kim now. Give her freedom to speak uh, on this topic and help her speak words better than she knows that really land home in our lives and our circumstances. And we pray that you help us be attentive to uh, what you want to be challenging us with and uh, what tools you'll be giving us to use to better love our partner and and so to honour you and so to serve your people and be a model of uh, the the very loving relationship of Christ to his church. So we we pray that this session now will be a great blessing and honour to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, Kim. Thanks a lot. It is good to be here. I'm going to have to change over this side. Um, Just before I even start, um, there is in your pack the booklet and there is a page for my talk. Um, I also will be giving you a handout of the whole PowerPoint presentation at the end. I don't give it out now because I know what you'll do. You'll just flick right through, think you know it all, and that'll be the end of that. So stick with me. (laughs) You get it at the end to take off on your picnic. Okay. Conflict matters. And it really does matter. I think what uh, John and Gita said yesterday, your marriage is on view, it's vulnerable, it's got to last the distance and uh, conflict is one of those things we we all need to know about. Um, In our house, conflict is about fixing things, right? Fixing things. Man's job. But uh, the most helpful thing I, I heard about it was through Facebook when Scott sent me something that said, got it all sorted. It said, ladies, you may have heard it, ladies, if a man says he will fix it, he will fix it. There is absolutely no reason to remind him about it every six months. (laughs) Got it. (laughs) I got it. Uh, But it does matter. Why does conflict matter? This is a little quote from, uh, and it's it's in your notes, so don't worry. Lasting marriage results from a couple's ability to resolve the conflicts that, that are inevitable in every relationship. It matters because statistically, divorces in the first seven years happen because of conflict. Divorces in the 20 plus years are about feeling disconnected. Doesn't take rocket science to realise that the conflicts you're experiencing early in marriage end up in a disconnection at the other end. It's pretty much the same problem. It's just at the beginning you're willing to fight about it. You're willing to keep it on the table. You're willing to bring these things up. By 20 years, you've given up and you think it's just not worth it. We're not going anywhere. Every time we end up like this, we have the here we go again moment. How did we end up here again moment? I can't believe we're still fighting about this moment. This is how we started off in year one, two and three. So conflict does matter. It matters to us simply because we are on view vulnerable and want to last a distance. So we need to work out how are we going to get through from year to year when conflict is inevitable. That's the blinking light, inevitable. Don't think you're going to get away without it. So I sort of say, well, is there such thing as a good fight? Is there such thing as a bad fight? You know, is what is a fight anyway? What is a fight? What is a fight? 
isn't it, where someone or both of you get so frustrated with the other person that you can't get them to listen to you? Or if they listen to you, they don't get it. Women are always saying to me, he doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. She doesn't get it. Why can't she get it? And we, we raise a level of frustration in our communication with each other because I have an opinion, you have an opinion, and I'm not getting heard about it. And we know it's inevitable, but what do we do about it? Is there such a thing as a good fight? Is there such a thing as a fight that leaves you feeling better at the end of it? Some people are very volatile and they love to get it out there. But I don't know too many couples who go, that was a great fight. We feel really good now. Let's watch a really bad fight. I'm going to pull it out of a movie some of you may have seen. So hold on to your seats if you haven't seen it. At the end of this fight, you're going to turn to your husband or wife and you're going to discuss one thing. What makes this such a bad fight? So watch it with that in mind. What makes this such a bad fight? See, you left me no pizza. Caleb, I just lit that candle. I like the way it smells. Well, I don't. Did you leave me any dinner at all? I assumed you were eating with Michael. Does it not occur to you that there are two people living in this house and both of them need to eat? You know what, Caleb? If you would communicate with me, maybe I could have something for you. Why do you have to make everything so difficult? Oh, I'm making everything difficult? Seems to me like I'm the one carrying the weight around here while you're off doing your own thing. Excuse me? I'm the one out there working to pay this mortgage, and I pay for both of the cars. Yeah, and that's all you do. I pay all of our bills with my salary. Which you agreed to do. That's fair. Do you not like this house? Do you not like your car? Oh, Caleb, who takes care of this house? Yeah. Me. Who washes all the clothes? Me. Who gets all the groceries? Me. Not to mention I'm helping my parents every weekend. You know, I've got all this pressure on me, and the only thing you ever do for anybody is for yourself. Let me tell you something. You don't know the first thing about pressure. All right, you think I, I put out house fires for myself or, or rushed a car wrecks at 2 a.m. for myself or pull a child's body out of a lake for myself? You have no idea what I go through. Oh, yeah, but what do you do around here other than watch TV and waste time on the Internet? You know what? If looking at that trash is how you get fulfilled, that's fine, but I will not compete with it. Well, I sure don't get it from you. And you won't. Because you care more about saving for your stupid boat and pleasing yourself than you ever did about me. Shut up! I'm sick of you! You disrespectful, ungrateful, selfish woman! I'm How dare you say that to me! You constantly nag me and you drain the life out of me! I'm tired of it! If you can't give me the respect I deserve, look at me! Then what's the point of this marriage? You want out. That's fine with me.
that's why conflict matters. Turn to your husband and wife now and talk about what made that a bad fight. Okay, I'm sure you will have pulled out a few points of what was troubling about that argument. I pulled out at 11, so I want to see if you got some of them, okay? So just throw it out there. It was a bad fight or it was an unhelpful conversation <laughs> because... Yep, at the end of it, it was getting quite in your face over the line. There was very little listening to the other side. One more, quick, quick. That's right. He's still hungry. No resolution on the pizza. Anyone else? Sure. Sorry, I'll have to have it. Yep. Yep, point scoring. I do this, you do that. I do more than you. He started angry and the cycle just got worse and worse. Yep. Sure. If we counted them, we wouldn't have enough fingers, would we? Issue after issue after issue. Yep. Can you explain that more? Okay, so purchasing the boat led to a character, you're selfish. Yep. And? Yep, there was a total lack of consideration of being in each other's shoes. There was also a lack of communication about all sorts of things. So um, we might just pop up the things that I got out of it. A lack of communication, we got that one. Interrupting. So there was this whole stack of not letting the other person finish, just coming back. It's a bit like a tennis match, wasn't it? Boom, boom, boom. Whack, whack, whack. Jumping to conclusions. A lot of conclusions, a bit like you said. Jumping to what? Well, if you told me about dinner, then I would do this, da-da-da. Um, bringing up the past, changing topics. It really was a kitchen sinking, that's what I call that, where the topics just go from one to the other and everything's brought up in one go. Uh, arguing about irrelevant details, yelling and screaming, and you never, you always, <laughs> that sort of thing. Uh, Eye-rolling, did you notice her contempt? You know, I've just dragged someone out of the... You have no idea what pressure I'm under when I drag a kid out of the lake and the eye-roll, like contempt, just like that. Um, blaming and judging each other, letting it just get way out of hand and just not hearing any of the issues. There are so many issues in that fight, so many of them, and none of them are being heard. So that's how arguments escalate, mainly because you have that sense of you're not being heard. And if you start out in a whisper and it's not heard, then you raise it to a voice 
hoping that will be heard. And by the end, you're yelling, hoping that will be heard. Does it work? Very, very rarely. Our emotions get really tied up in just yelling louder and louder. Or if you're not a yeller, shutting down and withdrawing, which is the same thing. Okay, so we will know that if we're taught how to communicate, we'll try not to do those things. So when I ask the question, is there such a thing as a good fight? There can be the airing of emotion that leads to a good conversation. But there's no such thing as a good fight. Because a fight means you're in the ring trying to punch the other one out. But if an airing of your emotions does lead to a good conversation, then sometimes those things can be resolved. So my aim in this session is really going to be very little. It's going to tell you how to raise hot topics, how to, how to get the issues on the table without getting from a whisper to a talking to a yelling at each other. So first, first point, and these are all on your sheets, so don't worry. Remember, when you are in conflict, the event is the trigger, but the event is not the issue. It's never the issue. Never, ever the issue. So you tell me the trigger out of that fight. What was the first two things that got them going? Sorry? The candle first and then no dinner, the pizza candle was a trigger to him, sorry, to her, the pizza was a trigger, right? That wasn't the issue. If you know the movie and for those of you who don't, why was a candle an issue to him? He's a firefighter. <laughs> was a naked, unattended flame. <laughs> he wanted it blurred out. She has no idea about that. She hasn't considered that he lives with fire all day. And then he comes home to see that. So that's the trigger. And the trigger for him was, no pizza. You don't consider me. Then we go from there to all the other issues. Basically, they're all about, you're not considering me. I'm not on your radar. Okay? But they're the triggers. Now, in our household, we've had funny arguments about a green bag, full of clothes, sitting there six weeks before it got looked at to be sorted out. The trigger was the green bag. Our kids remember the green bag argument. <laughs> In fact, it was so good that by the time we'd finished the green bag argument, our son Ryan, who was doing engineering at the time, wrote a whole two-page essay on the scope of mum and dad's argument, problem solving from engineering principles. Told us how to deal with the green bag. We've still got it. We actually laughed after we got that because it was so silly. The green bag was the trigger. The real issue was you're not putting my priorities up there. I've asked for this for six weeks, that sort of thing. So when you are actually in conflict, it's really important to stop and go, what's the real issue here? What's the real issue? And how to do... A good complaint. Okay, how to get to the issue. We can start by doing a really 
good complaint. Now, my mantra for you, all of you here, will be complaints are good. Now, most of us think complaints are really bad because they're nagging, complaining and nagging women. That's awful. I want to change your thinking so that you think complaints are really good because complaints are actually directions. They're actually the things you say to someone to say, this is not working for me, this is hurting us and we need to change that. Okay? You all know that in a relationship, who does the most complaining? Usually. Yeah. I'm going to be gender specific here because it usually is the woman doing the complaining. And so the man can often go, you're always one complaining. You've got all the problems. I want you to start thinking of it in a different way. A woman is usually the one who's complaining the most because she sees it. She feels it. She is the emotional gatekeeper in the relationship. And she will know when things are getting off track. And she will want to complain about them. The complaint, if you can remember, is the whisper. The complaint is the whisper. And if you listen to the whisper, you won't get to the shout. Sorry, the next part, which is criticism. Complaints are good. Criticisms are bad. Criticism is the next level up. If, I, if you don't listen to my complaint, I'll have to start criticising. And if you don't listen to my criticisms, you'll end up in contempt. So in order to have, get to the real issue, we have to learn to complain well, do less criticisms, it'd be great if we did none, (laughs) but never, ever, ever get to contempt. Someone else, when I was teaching this at another thing, said, oh, I know how to remember that. It was the... Good, the bad and the ugly. (laughs) Complaints are good. Criticisms are bad. Contempt is very, very ugly. The guy that's done the most research on divorces and how they happen says if contempt creeps into your marriage, you are on the road to divorce. You cannot live with someone who thinks you're a contemptuous human being. We don't start out that way. None of us turn up to the altar thinking, I'm going to end up a contemptuous wife. But we do because our complaints aren't listened to. We raise it to criticisms. We end up in contempt. So if nothing else comes through to you today, complaints are good. Let's see how we can word a good complaint. A complaint, I'm in the road for some of you, a complaint is specific limited to one situation and states how you feel about what has happened. Now, this is all in your notes, so don't worry. Okay, so a complaint reads like... Scotty, do you want to join in on this? It'd be helpful. I'm cranky that you didn't take out the garbage last night. The reason that's a good complaint is that it tells you how you feel. It's limited to the garbage, states how you feel about it. It's what I call a good complaint. Now you can say complaints in a bad way, but that's where I want the switch in your brain to go. That's a good complaint. There's nothing wrong with that. That's directions. I'm cranky. You didn't take out the garbage last night, probably based on the fact that you're supposed to and you didn't. That's upset me. But if we don't hear that whisper, we raise it to this. 
It is. And I, and I deliberately want it to be like that. Yep, that's a good way to do it too. But I, I'd, like to, I'd like to put it out there that we don't talk to each other all the way we're supposed to. So let's, let's go with it. Yeah, so, good. So, so it's good to actually even recognise a complaint yeah. even when it's said in a really loud voice <laughs> and probably not quite the way it should be. So let's move on to criticism, Scotty. A criticism tends to be general and includes blaming your partner and it often includes the words never and always. You never remember to take out the garbage. You always leave everything up to me and now it's stinky and it's your fault. <laughs> it's raised up a level, hasn't it? It has. And it's a criticism because it's really blaming and putting never and always in it. And we often get to that point. Now let's look at the next one where it's really moved up the level to contempt. Contempt adds insult to the criticism, a stronger an assassination of your partner's character. Don't think you've never heard this or will never hear it. You'll hear it in a supermarket quite often. Usually <laughs> You'll the hear children. it all over the place. So contempt. You idiot. You can't ever remember to do anything. You're totally irresponsible and I can never rely upon you. What, what is missing from that? There's nothing about the garbage. There's nothing about the garbage. The cold complaint has gone. <laughs> There's more. <laughs> It certainly is. And look, nothing's simply wrapped up in a bow. But for this session, I just want to get through complaints need to be listened to if you don't want to raise to the next level and the next level. So let's go practising writing a complaint. Or no, checking out what a complaint's like. Okay? Does, so anybody, here need, we go does again. anybody need help to do complaints around <laughs> okay. okay, let's read this one. I'm angry that you left all the dishes to me last night without offering to help. Yeah, it makes you angry, but it's still a complaint. What so is, is that a complaint, <laughs> a criticism, or contempt? It's, it's a, a com complaint. How do you respond is another thing, isn't it? But let's just keep with the, with the deal today. Complaints are good. You're a lousy lover. You've got no idea what to do. <laughs> a laugh usually tells you it's what? What do you think? <laughs> you guys aren't being really helpful here. <clears throat> it's contempt. I mean, that is such a hard... Anything like that, whether you... That makes you laugh. It's usually contempt. Because we laugh at it unless we're listening to it, in which that really cuts. Next. I'm sick of this rut we're in. I want to go out on Friday nights, not stay home and watch the football. Yep, it's a complaint. And why is it such a good complaint? Yeah. You've actually asked for something. Now, the number of women I talk to who say, he should just know. Why doesn't he know? Why do I have to tell him what I want? If he loved me, he'd know. Well, I say get over it. He doesn't know. <laughs> you <gotta laughs> you spell need it to out. tell him. <laughs> or ask we are nicely. Clueless. That can be said much nicer. It could be said with tears. It can be said in a really nice way. But it is a good complaint. Let's move on. You never listen to me. Yep. Getting good. Go. 
Don't invite people home for lunch when I'm standing next to you at the church. Check with me first in private. Yeah, we're getting good on this side. <laughs> it's a complaint and it's a good one, isn't it? Because it's a solution. I don't, look, it's not that I'm saying never invite someone home, but check with me in private. When I'm standing there and you're saying it, I've got nowhere to go. It's a good complaint. I'm upset that you have another meeting tonight. This is your third night out in a row. It is. It's specific and it's about one issue. But who can make that a better complaint? Who can make that better than just a complaint? <laughs> Worst complaint. Yeah. Uh, you can. And what could you add to the end of it? And that's where we get trouble with that sort of airy fairy. Is it possible to do let? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you can provide a solution that's a little bit more tangible. This is the third night out in a row. Can we have coffee tomorrow morning? Can we go out next Saturday? Can we look at the diaries after this meeting and diarise less? There's lots of extra things you can add to it. But you've got to add something to it or that doesn't really go anywhere. Yep. You talk too loud, just shut up. (laughs) Hopefully you know that's contempt. Do you know what? When you complain to someone, and I can hear it coming from you, well, what do I do with that? You can't be assured that your partner, your husband or wife, is going to care about your complaint. I can't say to you just because you complain well, they'll care about it. I can't say that. But I do know that if you don't complain well, you will move up a level. You will get into the sort of fight you saw on the movie. So just learning to complain well is a good skill. Whether or not your partner is going to accept that well, I don't know. But I tell you what, it's a good, good place to start. Learn how to complain well. So let's have a good practice at that. In complaints, you'll have heard it before, but you may not have practiced it. Don't say you never or you always, because what's the answer to that? No, I don't. I don't always. Don't you remember last Tuesday? Last Tuesday I didn't do that. And I didn't do that in April in 2005 either. So it doesn't help to say you never or you know you always. Learn to start with the word I and just one way of doing it. And Fiona has even said a different way of doing it because we're not robots. We're practicing how to word a complaint. doesn't mean we talk like a robot. It's good to start with I feel when you because would you please. And that will be a good framework to be thinking. So let's look through to the way I think a good complaint will come out. I feel angry when you have your mobile on at the dinner table because the calls and messages interrupt the short time we have to talk as a family. Would you please turn it off at dinner time every night? Who wants to write that one out? (laughs) Lots of us. Now... If you don't word a good complaint, what will happen is the next time you're at the dinner table and the phone goes off, it'll go... (sighs) And that'll be the trigger. Away it goes. Because you haven't worded a good complaint about it before. Or you'll end up picking it up one day and throwing it somewhere because you haven't worded a good complaint. So again, I know I've said women will complain more. I want them to understand how to do it well And I want the men to understand how to hear it as a good thing. 
this woman is giving me good direction. She cares about our emotional connection. She is looking after us as a couple. Vice versa also, if you've done a gender flip, and some people do, or when we need to listen to it. Complaints are good. This doesn't mean that guys can't complain too, does it? Yeah, I feel you never. <laughs> I feel you don't care. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel you are wrong in every respect. Yeah, you can, you can, and that's where we we have to really switch in our brains. How can I do this better? Okay. So and, let's and, have and a just just a thought on that one. Kim said it before, but if you say things like you always or you never, um, you know, Peter can turn around to you and just say, um, no, I don't because I didn't do it last week. And he's got you on the ropes because he's one on points. Well, well, well no, it's the, it's the feeling. Feeling. No, you don't feel like. You have to feel an emotion. So I feel angry, upset, disappointed. You don't feel never. You think never, but you're feeling a different emotion. <laughs> she's not giving it up, Peter. <laughs> okay, she's not giving up. We'll, we'll, we'll move on to the next thing. But I'd like you to have a little practice. <laughs> sure, you can do it that way. You can do it as long as you're getting the complaint coming out. Yeah, Th- that that, that's true. And, and just interestingly, yeah, we are, but, but we actually find uh, because we've been doing this, these marriage courses and using these things, this phraseology or terminology keeps coming up in our heads. So it's really cool. Kim now, if she just wants to get my attention, she only has to say, I feel, and I go, oh, okay, here it comes. <laughs> <laughs> right? But, it, but at least she knows. She only has to say, I feel, and she's got my attention. Otherwise, she might go, I wish you'd turn the phone off and and I'm not tuned in. But if she starts with the I feel, then she can assemble her thoughts, but she knows I'm listening. That's if you can, if you can actually have trigger words that actually make you tune in. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking that way, which is no the one. trigger. It's a trigger for you to go, whoops, something. She's caring about this. That's yeah. good. Yeah. No, 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 one, no one can deny how you feel. That's, yeah, yeah. that's the point. Oh, totally <laughs> hypothetical, Peter. <laughs> what, what, what happens at refresh stays at refresh. Guys, I do want to move on, and we will have some more questions at the end if you like. But. Um, I am going to get you to just do one example. Okay, did I write the example? You can choose overspending or in-law visits. I want you to write it down and it's not so you can have a go at each other. It's to just practice getting that because unless you actually think about your complaint, it just comes out in a bundle of words. Okay, so one minute. One minute, go. I I feel something when you something because would you please 
and I'd like it written about either overspending or in-law visits. Please write it down now on your pens, sheet. Pens on the go. And it's just, uh, they, everyone always gets a funny one out here. It doesn't matter. It's just the practice of getting that feeling. Why? What can we do about it? So who wants to share their one about overspending? Come on or I'll pick on you. <laughs> because because I'm left in the you didn't finish it yet. <laughs> yep. Yes. That's right. That's good. Sorry? Yep. And that's a, good, that's a good wording. And that's better than throwing the receipts in the air in a, you know, <sighs> you've never done what I've done. You're always, you're never, you're always to just have that in your mind. This is what I really want to get across. And as I say, you're not going to repeat it like a robot, but you're going to have thought about what the complaint really is. What about the in-laws one? Did anyone get to it? Did you, Dan? <laughs> Yeah, go on. Any, anyone willing to share? Yeah, anyone else? <laughs> yeah. It's helpful. We're here to share. Yep. <laughs> you know what? Even though we laugh, in-laws, money and sex are the top three things that pull couples apart. And if you can't make a good complaint in the sense of what you're really feeling about in-laws or in-law visits, you will battle up against it. They are your family. So I know it's fun, but it's also things that we do have to talk about. So it could be that you have to say, look, I feel overwhelmed when you have your, your parents come and stay every Christmas because we don't get any family time together. Would you please limit it to every second year? Now, these are the things that we have to bring up with each other. And a good complaint will do it. But I do understand the level of laughter and the level of, I don't talk like that. I don't think that'll work for us. I just want to get it into your head that complaining well will work for you. Because criticisms and, comp- and contempt won't. And in fact... Where there's a really withdrawn, silent man, you ever seen men that you go, geez, you know, they don't get to say anything in this household? You, be, you have a look. You see how highly critical their wives are of them in public. You know, I, I've had people in my counselling room who say, I say, you know, how do you think you might bring this up with your husband? Or I'm going I'm to tell him he's just a lazy pig. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to tell him he's useless. He's an idiot. Really? <laughs> That's going to work, isn't it? How is that going to work? How is that going to work? And we need to get it through our heads. Please complain well and listen to a complaint. When you hear your wife complaining or your husband complaining, flag goes up. This is okay. I can hear this. All right? How do I raise a hot topic with my husband or with my wife? I can tell you that usually this is how it goes. I start to feel 
something's not going well between us. I sit on it for a few days. I go through all the mulling in my head. That's because he's stressed. He's got this on his mind. He's got that on his mind. I'll think of a good time. I'll wait for a good time. I'll wait for a good time next month. (laughs) I'll keep waiting for a good time because there's never a good time. And then a trigger will hit it and it'll all come out. Okay? So what we've really got to do is how... Believe that when your wife brings up... And I'm talking gender, I know. But when your wife brings up a complaint, she has probably mulled it over for quite some time. And she's going in her mind, do I bring it up now while things are so good between us? Do I really spoil that drive down to Sydney by bringing up that issue? Or do I just sit on it and hope it will go away? Or do I bury it and it will get laid upon layer upon layer upon layer until it, it just blows up in a candle or pizza episode? <laughs> That's what's going through in her mind. So when she brings a complaint to you, be, be understanding that it's a complaint about connection. It's a complaint because she sees something is damaging us. Vice versa. If your husband brings up a complaint, he may not have gone through as much ruminating as we women do, but it's likely that he's feeling a bit like what that fella felt, uncared for and disrespected, and it'll come out. Okay, so what's the next slide? Yep. Yep. So I'll just recap what John is actually saying, um, that poorly timed complaints are what will end up in an argument and having a slot of time where you can bring up those issues outside of the triggers is really helpful. So it is. So what we want to do now is... um, we want to uh, role play for you, Scotty and I, a hot topic. Now, you'll be gentle with us. <laughs> I'm going to bring up something that's been on my mind with Scott. He has no idea what it is. This is good fun. I'll also let you know that it's actually real. I'm not making something up. I'm going to choose something real. And we're going to show you what can work of how this complaint can be brought up, not in robot words, but in a way that he will have to listen to and will respond to me, okay? What we're not going to do is solve the issue, okay? All I'm going to do is ask him to listen to me and hear me there. Okay. Yeah, I want a drink. (laughs) Okay. (coughs) What I'm going to try and get out of this is I'm going to talk about what? What I want to talk about, I'm going to hopefully get through. This is why I need to talk about it. And I'm hopefully going to get to, this is what I hope (coughs) comes out of it. What then? Now, I'm not going to do what, why, when in that order necessarily. That's what I'm hoping to get through. I'm hoping I'm going to word this complaint well. And I'm hoping that he will hear it. And that's all I'm hoping. Okay? Because this is something that's been going on for years. (laughs) And probably will for years to come. But I find this hard to believe. <laughs> um, when we do this, and we do this every time we do a marriage matters course, so he gets a lot of issues. Um, I tend to zone out a bit, so I would prefer you not to be laugh. Remind you to think about me, but that's how it felt. But I did it because I knew it was better than wrecking the marriage matters weekend by having a a problem up there. So that's my event.
that happened then. And I just want you to hear how hard it was for me to have to make that decision about whether I just live with it, get over it. But it just weighed on me. I just think I'll end there because there's more to come. There's more to come. Um, all right, so the, the situation is because we had the marriage matters this last weekend and your birthday was on the Saturday, that you were looking at the calendar and the diary that we had coming up and you looked at my calendar and thought there isn't any time there. And so you were concerned that the only real time that I had to do any shopping for your birthday uh, was that day and there was only a two-hour slot that I'd be able to go, and, to go and do it if I'd thought about it. And you were concerned that I probably hadn't thought about it and probably wouldn't have prioritised it and then we'd have got there on the marriage weekend and then there would have been no birthday presents. You'd have fallen apart in the middle of a marriage weekend which probably wouldn't have been very helpful. So you raised it to me and, um, and probably felt a bit awkward about doing that but you felt that you had to do that because otherwise I probably wouldn't have thought about it. Yeah, that's what happened. But the un that's the event, I guess. But the underlying issue is I feel that you would not have thought about it and then I feel, well, why do I have to bring this up? So why, why can you think of nearly everybody else except me under these situations. So my feeling is I have everybody's birthday to deal with through the whole year, your mother's, your sister's, everybody's Christmas, and there's one birthday that you have to think about. And so it feels bad to me to feel that I have to raise it to you in order to, to stop a potential fallout. So it just felt really awful even though you did really well buying great presents. So the main point from that was that I bought really great presents. <laughs> um, so, so that was the actual event, but what was the real underlying issue from that is what I'm hearing from you, is that, is that you felt that I don't really have that much to do as far as buying presents and I don't have lots of birthdays to remember because you do all that stuff. I've really just got to remember yours and and you feel that I'm not prioritising or even thinking about your birthday um, or even planning for where your birthday is and when it's coming up so that I've actually got it catered for in advance. And, and I don't schedule that into my schedule like I schedule other things, that if I've got other board reports to read and stuff that I manage to get all those things done, but I don't actually look forward and go, that's your birthday, if that's got to have presents by that time, then I've got to book in time to make sure that happens. And so that was awkward for you to bring that up and you felt that it was sad that you did have to bring that up. But I'm guessing probably what the underlying thing is is that you therefore don't feel that you're a priority in my life as other things and other commitments and responsibilities that I do have um, priority, that you don't feel that I see you as actually a responsibility and I need to prioritise it. Yeah, you got it. You've got the underlying feeling. And the underlying feeling under that is not necessarily that you now prioritise everything, boom, 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 because there's just that sense of um, 
it's a stress for you. I feel it's a stress for you to think anything other than what is the most important thing today and tomorrow. And so and so it's a matter of do you not delight in thinking about me more than just yep now I'll move you up a notch on the list. Do you not delight in thinking what would she like? How could I please her the way I do about everyone else in that life, in your life? So it's not just me actually, it's other people in your life like the caring of your mum and your sister and all the rest of it is left to me. So do you hear anything more in that? Because I'm getting a bit messy. Yeah, I think what you're, tr- yeah, what you're trying to get to is that is that it's not just a prioritisation, it's, it's probably rolling into that therefore I don't care about you and care about your emotions and feelings as much so that you take that lack of prioritisation and the fact that I'm not thinking about it is that I don't really care about you, I don't love you in that, in that sense, that I'm not, I'm not thinking about you and, and feeling for how you feel. So that's something that I probably need to pick up on and be more sensitive to showing you more how I feel for you. And to finish up, what I would hope for, what I hope comes out of it is that I don't have to remind you next year and that you will have delighted in thinking a little bit further ahead. How can I make Kim happy this year? And you know it's not about the present, it's about the words on the card, but yeah. So what I hope to come out of it is that you raise me up a little bit in your affection of treating me in that way rather than just another person on the list of things to do. Yeah, I get it. You get it. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> okay. He did get it. Let's see what happens next year. <laughs> um This is how I think topics can be raised well. So if it gets in your mind as a a habit, you can go to each other, I'm having an I feel moment (laughs) or I need a pillow talk. We call it pillow talk because we actually, I like to hug something and then I like to pass it back. You'll notice that Scott didn't have anything to say on it and he's probably got heaps to say on it. But that wasn't the point. The point was for me to feel heard and he is good at listening. And I think that's come from a lot of practice. Yeah? So when I give out your sheets at, uh, for lunchtime, the last one is um, that hot topic one, I think, on the thing. Um, and it says, do you have... It's not on there, darling, yet. Do you have an important issue you want to raise with your husband and wife? Try writing the complaint out and then using the pillow talk. Okay? And just say, you might not have a pillow down there, but it might be the chance to do it. Now I know in your mind you'll go, oh, I'm not going to raise that now. I've been having a great weekend. You don't have to. <laughs> but if you want to, it might be a chance to do that. Now I do have one more slide, but I think I'm going to leave it and have questions instead. I'd just like to say, one of the, just to interrupt in the questions, as we've been doing those sort of communication things, it's been uh, really interesting to try to, Kim was actually quite structured in the way she was able to communicate how she felt then. Um, 
And I've found whenever it's been my turn to actually communicate an event, because I'm a guy, I guess, and because I'm analytical, I can communicate the thing very easily. He and, uses bullet points. Very succinctly. Or be- a spreadsheet. Be- because, because in my head, I'm an analytical sort of guy. So I can go, look, here's the problem. This is how it manifests. This is how it makes me feel. And that's boom, you know. And the whole conversation takes about 20 seconds, you know. And then Kim can reflect it back quite easily and she gets it. But I find that quite often whenever Kim's doing the talking, I don't know if you've seen the Mark Gungor video, but it's like she's got this ball of wire in her head instead of just a lot of bullet points. And she's trying to unravel and work out. All she knows is that she's feeling really frustrated about something and she doesn't quite get it. So that time she was able to actually say, this is why this is a problem to me because you don't feel, I don't feel important to you. Yeah. But quite often when we're doing these other ones that she'll say, I've got to try to work out what's the underlying thing. Mm. Um, so it's not just a case of parroting back what the girl says. It's actually you try to listen and try to work out what's really at the bottom of this that she hasn't even worked out yet and, and trying to then reflect that back. But then the other part is you've got to do it without defending yourself and without answering back and that's the hard part i really think it's the best thing is to let it unravel and let it go right through why because it's an event no 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 and i'm saying and why would i say roll it through to the end because she's feeling that way on that event now just because that time i might have bought her a holiday in the maldives that i was going to surprise her with no but but just because i might have and got and got got out of jail card free that birthday it probably is something that's dated back to many other birthdays and therefore it's a common thing so i think just because you've probably got to get out of jail free for that event doesn't mean that you've actually not got the issue and he'd feel very righteous in that event without understanding the feelings of the built up mm. yep you you've yeah, you've, I think you've got to do it because if she's feeling that way and there's something that's really bugging her, you, you, she's, you've got to hear that. Even if it's wrong, right, you've got, to, you've got to let it come out because if you don't, she'll still feel that and she wasn't listened to. And, and again, come back to events and issues. If, you, if there's an event, because it's easy for a guy, you know, if a girl says, you never, you know, that you can easily come back and go, that's wrong because I did five years ago and, and just completely kills your argument. But that, that doesn't solve the problem and that doesn't solve the underlying I feel left out. Hmm. That, when would that problem be solved if he just listened and never got to respond? Um, it, it's already half solved because he's heard me. And there would be a time at another time where he could actually, if he wants to, have another pillow talk. Um, the trouble with trying to do the back and forward, back and forward, back and forward is that you don't really get to the bottom. You don't let the feelings unravel and really, really listen. So we would definitely be able to have another talk about that issue. And in fact, it will come up again because it's just symptomatic of a lot of other th- different issues. And there will be a time when I listen. I have to listen to him too because a girl will start to usually start to cry, get emotional and the tears will come. A guy will start to get angry and withdrawn and 
It's the same sort of thing. We're losing connection. And so complaints and, and bringing issues up is because we're feeling that connection is getting lost. Yeah, so I have to do the listening to him too. Yeah, one, 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 of, sorry, one, of, the, um, one of the couples uh, at our last marriage retreat last weekend actually made a really good point and said, you know, it's probably better not to even try to solve the problem as soon as you've just communicated it. Like let it go overnight because one of the biggest benefits is the girl actually feels you've listened to her and you've heard her. So that's a major plus. So don't destroy it by then trying to destroy or, or defend. Let it have some time and then, then approach it the next day. And I thought that's probably a smart idea. Mm. The next well, that's, day, that's, the next that's day or it. the next week. See, see, the purpose for this thing is trying to bring the issue out where you can actually communicate. So we've laid it on the table from her perspective, this is the issue, right? And it might start at the event and she's got to try to work out what the issue is and I've got to try to help her in that process. But you get to the issue. Then you can then book some time over the next day or so where you actually think into that issue and how can we, we try to work through that. Hmm. And last one. Yeah. So, so your your question is about if it's, if it doesn't get resolved quickly, then there's another one on, on it the next day, and another one from. Yeah. So, do, do we end up resolving? I think we do because I think a lot of our issues aren't the actual issue. They really are about connection. I feel totally connected to Scott now. Right. I'm not worried about next birthday. I really aren't, because he's listened to me. So. Definitely you have to, if you pull apart and say, look, we know we haven't solved that yet, but we will look at it again. We have another, just to end on a very, very quick thing, Scotty tells a story of, of um, when an issue comes into your marriage, is it like a grenade? Does it come in and just explode in between you so you're in the middle of the war? Or do you actually pick that grenade up and throw it out there and say, yeah. what is now attacking us? What's attacking you and me? So... I reckon we can look at, and we have to look at, the priorities of work, overwork, uh, never having a, 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 a phone or a computer away from you and how that affects me. That's a big issue. We're not going to solve that in one talk. But we've already made the step by him listening to that particular I don't feel a priority in your life talk. So yeah. the, the I'm concept, sorry, we've got The concept is you've got to approach up. it as a we yeah. so that... Um, if there is a problem, like you as a husband and wife, you're a type of Christ in the church. And is it any wonder, therefore, that Satan will do whatever he can to separate you? And he physically does that by throwing issues, which are grenades, and they always land between you. So you end up like this across the issue between each other and pointing fingers right, to, to each other. And like whenever you see in a war movie a grenade lands in the bunker, first thing they do is pick the grenade up and throw it back out again. Um, if you're quick enough, or jump on top of it, right? So one of the things, <clears throat> this is actually a really helpful thing that we've actually worked with a lot of couples with, is physically when you've got a problem or an issue, the first thing you have to do is identify it. You've got to find the grenade and you've got to throw it out. Then you can talk about it dispassionately like we just did then. So what is this issue? Communicate it to me. So the way in which is the best way to do it is actually physically don't sit facing each other like you can through the communication thing as we did then because you need to read body language. But once you've defined what the issue is, throw it across the lounge room onto the lounge chair across the other side of the room and go and sit on the lounge together 
and then say, okay. How is this overwork? <laughs> whatever the issue is, Dealing point, with us, point yeah. at the problem over there and say, now we've defined the problem, how are we going to address that problem? Because you're not trying to fight over the event. Now we've identified how are we going to do it. And then you physically objectify it and you look at it and throw it back out again. Thanks, Mikey. Sorry. Thank you very much.